is over. We'll be in a new ice age. I hope you brought your long johns bad way because it is getting cold up in the northeast here. Man, I've already been to the store. I got my eggs, got my milk, got my bread, got my toilet paper. Better for the long haul, baby. You're ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> well, this is episode 73 of The Last Row Piodcast. Welcome back. Good to see you again, man. Still on schedule. <laughs> Good to hear from you as well. Still on schedule. Thanks for everyone that's listening. If you're looking for our website, thelastrowpodcast.com, follow us on Twitter at thelastrowpod, facebook.com slash thelastrowpod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Head on out. Give us a five-star review if you're enjoying the show. Back again for another episode here. First, first disaster movie in a long time, right? D- what, disaster, uh, disaster podcast, really. <laughs> this this podcast is a disaster. According to some people. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, man. We're doing the day after tomorrow, which is an action slash sci-fi slash disaster catastrophe film directed by the one and only Roland Emmerich. IMDb 6.4 out of 10. About right. Yeah. That's Rotten that's Tomato right. 44%. That's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Metacritic 47%. That's about right. Pretty spot on. I got, 6.4 might be too high. I was thinking more like a 5. Too high. Maybe 5. Too high. Too, too high. Yeah, let me reverse it. Too high. After <laughs> too climatologist high. Jack Hall is largely ignored by UN officials when presenting his environmental concerns. His research proves true when an enormous superstorm develops, setting off catastrophic natural disasters throughout the world. Trying to get his son, Sam, who is trapped in New York with his friend, Laura, and others. That's <laughs> and others? So bad. Such a bad, so, so poorly written. Jack and his crew must travel by foot from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, braving the elements to get to Sam in New York before it's too freaking late <laughs> wait wait to totally downplay whoever wrote this synopsis wait to totally downplay others his friend and the others. rich kid the yeah. nerd kid the nerd. all the people in the library yeah. homeless and man others. with the dog absolutely ridiculous <laughs> i mean that's that's just totally yeah. downplaying their role in this movie which is not very much but <laughs> it's, it's not very much but i mean I does mean, that not that, perfectly the, describe the plot of this movie yeah there there was no plot there's like two characters and we're probably not going to talk about the movie almost at all in this episode so the, the script of this movie i gotta imagine it's probably like 50 pages or less like there's no there's really isn't that much dialogue when you think about it there really isn't that much Drew, the there was a wolf loose from the zoo, and that's like the biggest action scene of the entire movie. When, so. when they showed the zoo, like the cage open, and they had the yeah. guy walk through there, I'm like, oh man, this is definitely getting paid off. It's, it's paid it's, off after. It's like a 24 cougar territory, but anyway. I, I saw this movie in the theaters. I, I'm pretty sure you were yeah. with me. Yeah, I think uh, this was, wasn't this a free uh, free employee of, uh, yeah. watch, if I remember correctly? Back, back when I was, you know, an insider in the movie business. In the movie biz. Back, back in the day. I mean, uh, a couple of good taglines for this one, too. Oh, I pulled two. There's like 50 of them. You're like, is there seriously 50 taglines for this movie? <laughs> There's two that are worth mentioning. And I, the, the two that I pulled out, the first one is this year, a sweater won't do. Wow. Well, the, is the storm tough talking us, Drew? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I like to imagine like that was like the storm. Yeah. <laughs> it said that. And then the next one was, 
whoever said tomorrow is another day, dot, 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 didn't check the weather. Oh, snap. (laughs) Zing. I actually really like that one. That's a good one. I really like that one. That's a good one. I'm pretty sure I had a a movie poster for this movie, too. I didn't hang it on my dorm room wall, but it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird one to own. Like, oh, you see my that's a way to get girls into your dorm, right? Yeah. See my my, uh, day after tomorrow poster. I mean, or, or as I like to call it, T Dat. You know, it's it's, cre- <laughs> it's credit for me being in the movie business. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like how you get those posters. Yeah. It's not a good poster. See it's that a picture? Poster. See that picture of the frozen Statue of Liberty? Pretty cool, huh? This is my dorm. <laughs> oh my god! Really? Budget for this one: hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Uh. Is that higher or lower than you would have expected? Well, I mean, it's a little bit high. I mean, I don't know what you know, the hurricane was demanding to be paid as the main villain of this movie, but I don't know. <laughs> I saw I saw that there was like 11 special effects houses that worked on this. Mm-hmm. The total return for this thing, according to IMDb and Google, 552.6 million. Is that wow. higher or lower than you would have expected? That's a lot higher than I expected. Same here. Um, no, but uh, as, uh, back to the budget, I really think that the special effects kind of hold up, right? Well, for, uh, for a movie that's 16, 17 years old. Yeah, it, it looked pretty good, and you know, especially like the 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 flooding scene looked pretty good. There was some yeah, moments yeah. where it was like obviously CG, but sure. for the most part, I thought it actually did look pretty yeah, good. Like the crashing through the windows into the library was definitely I like early that. early two thousand CGI, but it wasn't terrible. It was it wasn't Spider Man. Put it that That's way. That's true. That's true. As far as bad CGI goes, but like the actual flooding of the town, like during that whole like chase scene and the cabs and getting into the library. I was like, damn, this is a 17-year-old movie. It's pretty damn good. I like the tornadoes, too. I thought yeah. they looked actually pretty good, too, for what yeah. it was. For what it was. And and, and, and the hail as well. Um, and we're, uh, by the way, we you know, were joking about not trashing on this movie, but actually, you know, not bad, right? It's It wasn't bad. It wasn't pretty, bad. It was enjoyable. It was it, enjoyable. I, I want to get that out of the way. I'm not trying to bash this movie. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. You know? I think... I think we'll, in, the, in one of the next sections, we'll talk more about, a little bit more about disaster movies in general, and I feel like it's a genre that... You can't expect too much, and if you go in not expecting too much, you're going to enjoy it. But yeah. before we go to that, I, I had two pieces of trivia for you related to the oh. budget that I thought oh. were funny because $125 million, this movie is pretty much special effects the whole time, if you think yeah. about it. There's a couple scenes in, what, some office buildings, a hospital, the library. I don't know if that was a set. I'd imagine it was. It wasn't mm, in the sure public library where yeah. they're blowing the windows out. Yeah. But two things that I thought. So you have $125 million. And, and there was two pieces that just really stood out to me. So I think in Ghostbusters, they show the front of the library where you see the lions, right? The iconic lions. Yeah. So one of the things that, that I, according to IMDb, on the first shot that shows the library, lamps are seen instead of the iconic lions. According mm. to the New York City Public Library, the studio didn't want to pay the fee for filming the statues that are a trademark of that institution and therefore only took advantage of the public area rights of filming. <laughs> Why? So I don't know how much that costs. How much could that possibly be? I'm not like a producer on a film. I was in the movie business, but not producing. (laughs) But how much could that possibly be? And I think here's another piece of trivia where I think this is why they save the money. Apparently the breath appearing out of the actors and actresses mouths in the cold scenes was put in afterwards with CGI (laughs) quote, according to them, it proved to be a more quote, practical way of doing it rather than freezing the set. Well, they should have froze the set. See, if Daniel Day Lewis was there or or any of these other method actors, he would not have stood for that. Exactly. That's, that's just not going to cut it when, when you're working with the professionals, but they save the money. (laughs) 
Do you think Tom Cruise walks around with fake breath when it's that, cold? That's he'd, what I'm saying. He'd be infuriated. No, but Drew, like really, it's the decision you have to make. If you got to choose between lions and breath, you got to pick the breath. You got to go every breath. time. Every you got to go breath. You go breath. I mean, I guess I didn't notice the lions missing until that nah, moment. Nobody cared. It's just so, ridiculous. So I guess good move. I guess because nobody exactly. cared. Nobody cared about the lions. <laughs> um, I know, didn't even. I didn't even know until you said so. So this is like the only hard hitting information that you get on the Last Row podcast. Let's talk a little bit about disaster movies in general. What what makes a disaster movie to you? Because when you read the genre, it said action, sci-fi. It didn't even say disaster on Google. I added uh, it in. You added after it. Yeah, because it's a total genre. Yeah, it is a it's genre. Its own, it's its own thing. What do you What do you constitute makes yeah. makes a disaster movie? You have to destroy a landmark, whether it be the White House or, in this case, uh, the Hollywood sign. Right away, gets destroyed by a, by a tornado. Statue of Liberty, maybe. You know, whatever it may be. Uh, Capitol Records also got destroyed. It was, that was an iconic very obvious. Oh, Capitol Records is being destroyed. So you have to destroy something that's very, you know, Mount Rushmore, something, anything. You have to have a guy on the other end of a telephone call say, my God, yes. that's a must. You got to <laughs> have is that. a must. If you don't have that, it's not a disaster movie. You got to have Joey Styles in there from ECW going, oh, my God. <laughs> It's like, it's a must. You got to have that. It has to. It's a staple. Yeah. And then you got to have like a guy like trying to do a heroic act and die in the middle of it. There has to be a friend that dies basically sacrificing himself. There's there's a sacrifice, some sort of sacrifice. And and that's that's in here as well. So those are really those are some telltale signs. The other one I would add is somebody trying to explain that something's happening and yeah. nobody's listening to them. Nobody believes you. Nobody believes you. There's there's somebody that isn't believed. Yeah. And then the other one is, I've seen this one a lot on, on the tropes, like a pet or some type of yes. heroic animal act, whether it's a dog or somebody saving an animal. Like, yep. I don't know. And the other one that, that I would also add is the piece where they show different groups of people that don't really matter at all, but yeah. they go from person to person and mm-hmm. try to give you a little bit of their like life, you know, yeah. and see if they're okay or not. Cause this movie mm-hmm. had a lot of that. And then, and, and also to piggyback on that, it's like, they got to show different countries to let you know that this is not just happening in the U S this is happening all over the world. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and to piggyback on your um, heroic animal trope, there's always the scene or shot where the animals know what's going on before the yes. people do. The animals are going nuts. The birds are flying all. They're all flying south. They have the it's intuition. Like, they know something's up and like they catch on for the humans too. They got to show that. I, I do like in a lot of these, the scientists themselves are usually like the birds have migrated towards the equator. <laughs> like they always say something like that, yeah, where it's like yeah. the birds know the magnetic poles of the earth are shifting or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, I thought maybe what we could do is talk a little bit about some other disaster movies, since this movie has no plot at all. Sure. We could kind of lump some of these in together. I don't know. What are some of your favorite ones that, that you would add? I, I do want to talk about Emmerich's filmography, too, in a second. But what would you say your favorite disaster movies are? Emmerich's filmography is concerning to me, Drew. Well, you, know. <laughs> you want to go to that? We could talk about that first. But, I got his IMDb up. <laughs> yeah, let's get right into Emmerich's filmography, because it let's, can roll right into tackling. ranking of disaster films, because... He's like exclusively a disaster film filmmaker. You didn't know his middle name was Roland Disaster Film Emmerich? Ro- Roland Disaster. <laughs> Roland Earthquake Emmerich. Just call me Roland Earthquake <laughs> Emmerich. That's his nickname. Like, what has to happen to you in, in your lifetime, Drew, 
to like I, dedicate your life to just making disaster movies because this is what this guy's pretty much doing. The question could be, is he trying to make a message or does he just like the genre? It seems he like just, he's trying to make a message. Maybe he doesn't like them at all, but he's just that damn good at it. It's a good, <laughs> you know, he's like the he, Michael Bay of action yeah. movies. He would love to make a romantic comedy, Drew. Just can't do the, it. He, the studios aren't giving him the budget for that. That's Listen, true. buddy, we need to make Independence Day 5. Get in there, buddy. You, he could you know. be typecast. I mean, he's yeah. he's director cast, right? Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's director, director cast. cast. But he yep. didn't write yep. a lot of these, did he? Because I'm looking at I'm looking at his IMDb as we're talking. No, he, he knows how to set write, the, he knows how to set the stage. Yeah, he wrote Independence Day. Mm-hmm. He wrote a couple of these other ones. Like I think he wrote the what was it the uh, the remake of he wrote, Godzilla. He, he wrote Godzilla. He wrote day after he wrote this movie day after tomorrow. He wrote. 10,000 BC, which I probably, I, I never saw not that quite a disaster movie, but maybe it was a disaster of a movie. It was a disaster of a movie. Yeah. 2012. He wrote 2012. Yeah. White House Indep- Down. He wrote Independence Day 2. Do you consider White House Down a disaster movie? Sure. I don't know a, that it yeah, is. Yeah. Well, no, it's more of a terrorist movie. It's a, yeah, it's a terrorist, it's a terrorist movie. movie. Yeah, I can't. Like a, a criminal movie, I guess. Yeah. I, no, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, the guy, I mean, first of all, he wrote Independence Day. So big ups to him. But yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, go, what's going on with this guy, Drew? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that, that he's like bad at it because these movies aren't, you can't, I don't know, if you go into this movie expecting an Oscar, you're not, you're not going to come out like enjoying it. I think when I, when I look at these movies, this movie is the quintessential going to the theater, just hanging out with your friends, going to go mm-hmm. watch a movie and just, you know, you're going to be entertained. Stuff's going to probably blow up. And you're going to walk out of there saying, you know what? I saw, I had a good time. That's it. Yep. You're not going to be wowed. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, this guy, I mean, all these movies that we discussed, they're fine, Drew. Yeah, they're fine. Except, except for maybe Independence Day is, Independence is above Day. average. But like all these movies, they're fine. I've and never I guess seen if, Godzilla. If I don't know. If they're just fine and you just want to make a disaster movie, it's like, let's get rolling. Like we know it won't be bad. It's going to be, it's going to be okay. You know, there's a there's an underrated movie on his on his list here, and I I don't talk about this movie often, but Stargate. I like that movie. I think it's a good movie. It's True. it's ninety two. Was that Borderlands space movie, Drew? It's a space movie, so space I can't movie. count on yeah. you to watch that. But. I've never seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> you know, let me. I, I I think it's got Kurt Russell in it. It has a bunch of other people. It, it is a space. It's actually a space. It's a futuristic space olden times movie. So it's like the worst combination mm, for no. you. Because it has like ancient Egyptian stuff nope. in it too, mm. so yeah, mm. <laughs> I'm not gonna get you nope. to go watch that one. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, what what are other disaster movies? I, you mentioned some of his, right? You said 2012. You said ninety uh, four. Godzilla. What other ones do you consider in the genre, and and where well, do you think this ranks? I think that most people, when they think of disaster movie of like our generation, like growing up in the nineties, late eighties, early nineties into 2000 is the 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 dual release of armageddon and deep impact right yeah which yeah. side are you on by the way armageddon team armageddon or team deep impact you know i'm gonna say something really controversial here i've never actually seen deep impact good I've god i've never seen it i've never seen it good I'm, god I'm, i shouldn't you know admit that but you know what drew it's fine <laughs> It's, it's fine. just fine. All these movies, Drew, they're fine. 5.0 IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Some teams, you know, in the NFL, some teams just go 8-8 eight eight every year. It's okay. Yeah, that, that, it's okay. This, this movie's 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> yeah. All disaster movies are 8-8 eight eight films. Okay? It's fine. It's 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> Independence Day is 10-6. and six, right? Yeah. I get, you know, that's actually a, that's a pretty fair comparison. No, I, you know, I'd actually, 
we should start doing our rankings that way instead. Yeah, instead yeah. of forty four percent, what's the what's yeah. the rating? What's their NFL record? <laughs> I would I would argue Independence Day is like twelve and four to it me. It could be twelve you know? and four. Yeah, it's, it's like in my in my maybe yeah. the new one's ten and six. Maybe yeah. actually that one's probably eight and eight. But yeah. I would, <laughs> Nine, six, and one. There was a, there was a tie. At a did tie. you did you think Deep Impact was good? I've never, I've never. No, really it was watched fine. It. it has a good performance by Morgan Freeman. It's fine. Like it, it's you know, there's a Walt, there's asteroid coming hit Earth. Who cares? Armageddon had the star power. So had the music too, man. Yeah, it's got it's got Aerosmith. classic soundtrack. You know, one song soundtrack. It's got Bruce Willis. I can't believe we haven't done that movie, by the way. No. We should probably do that one at some point. Yeah, <laughs> we get write ins for that one a lot. Yeah, you got. And then you got Dante's Peak and you got Volcano that came out at the same time as well. Dante's Peak, obviously, with Pierce Brosnan. Got the star power going there. Call me crazy. I've never seen Volcano. I've seen Dante's Peak, but I've True. never seen Volcano. You know, you know, you know what, what Volcano was? It was fine. It was eight and eight. I've never seen 2012. Have you? I don't know. No, I, I don't. Yeah. You know, it's got Cusack. I yeah. admittedly not really. I'm lukewarm mm. on John Cusack. Yeah. lukewarm i don't really care it's, he's fine you know, he's fine isn't he i, think I hate it, john cusack to be honest it, with you i hate him <laughs> you know a good movie of his that we don't talk about on this show i think hmm. i told you it's uh was it 1408 1408 with a twist there's a twist ending or I've something i've seen it one time yeah. i'll tell a story another time on the podcast when we ever do 1408 there's a really good story yeah. of back when i was in the movie business on that one for mm-hmm. another day but but 14 or 2012 I don't know. I just, at that point, I kind of had it with the Mayan prophecy. So yeah. I wanted nothing to yeah. do with that movie. I just I didn't it. care. I get like, it. Like special effects, it looked awesome, but I just didn't care about that movie very much I'm sure, at all. I'm sure it's fine. No, no. My, my favorite would probably be Independence Day. I really love War of the Worlds too. That's a great one. Which Tom leads Cruise. me, which leads me to my question. Do alien invasion movies count as disaster movies? Because I think they do. What do you think? I would say yes, because a disaster happens in them, because usually the earth is getting attacked and that Mm -hmm. is a disaster. Whether you want to call it like a natural disaster or a Mm -hmm. supernatural disaster or an extra natural. Oh, oh, I like that. So is a ghost movie like a a natural, a natural or supernatural. I like it. (laughs) Like supernatural disaster movie. Yeah, I agree. If if it's if the if what you're going against is not man made. Then I right. would consider a disaster movie, and if it's an, an alien, if it's a if it's an alien movie where like there's abductions, that's not a disaster. But if they are like physically destroying the Earth and landmarks of Earth and this and that, like in Independence Day and War of the Worlds, yeah, then that's a disaster. I movie. mean, like they blow up the White House, you know, yeah. that's that's like iconic. Yeah. It's, so those it's, two, and maybe it's cheating. It's a subgenre of the disaster film, but. War of the Worlds. I love War of the Worlds. I don't know. It's a how really good feel movie about it. With the Tom Cruise one, not the older one. I no. I I like the Tom yeah. Cruise one a lot. I remember. I remember distinctly seeing that one in the theater and really it's, enjoying it. It's, it's very. A very good movie. It's very dark. And Tom Cruise plays a great deadbeat dad in that movie. Yeah. Too. That, man. Oh man. I can't wait. I, this is. There's a good topic on that yeah. here. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I've never seen other ones like. There's a newer one called Geostorm with Gerard mm-hmm. Butler. I've not yeah. seen it. Sure, it's I, fine. I, I don't know. I mean, sure, it's fine. I do have a good memory of watching the core. <laughs> we had a, a, a good friend of the podcast, Julio, wanted to watch the core yeah. one time. <laughs> we, I think we fell asleep. I've seen it yeah. before, mm-hmm. but that was not my favorite movie. Uh, it, I mean, it's fine. It was fine. Again. It's fine. Sure, it's fine. Oh, but, and uh, yeah. can't forget San Andreas. One of uh, in our back catalog, we did that movie on episode 35. Check Go it back out. Back in the podcast. Back in the, back in the, the like, library. Nice plug. Does it have the responsibility to be scientifically ac- accurate on some level for these it has, movies? It has to try. So it, it just has to try. It doesn't have to be accurate. Because I would I would tell you for this one, in 2008, Yahoo Movies listed this movie in particular as 
one of the as number one, I think, or one of the top ten scientifically inaccurate movies. <laughs> really? And come on, man. It's there's a, there's another fair. piece of trivia. Twentieth Century Fox invited a group of scientists to preview this movie to test their reactions to the science used in it. None of the scientists were impressed with what they saw, although most conceded the movie was enjoyable nonsense. Of course, uh, obviously, that's that's not fair. You can't be you can't be showing this movie to scientists and ask them for their scientific opinion. Of course, I, I'm straight ludicrous. plagiarizing IMDb. By yeah. the way, I'm just admittedly plagiarizing it. I'm that's reading fine. it word for word. You're you're, and then, you're, uh, you're giving them props. It's fine. The other one that I wanted to tell you was. Uh, apparently the consultation by NASA scientists was requested before the filming of this movie, but NASA stated that the events of the movie were too ridiculous to actually occur. And they, they denied the request and NASA sent out a memo internally telling their employees that they were not allowed to comment on the likelihood of the events mm. portrayed, but later rescinded the restriction. Yeah. Do you think that was politics or oh, yeah, they just didn't a, want to be associated? Yeah. That just screams of, we don't want to talk about this. We can't, we don't want to, put our name anywhere near the possibility of this happening. And yeah. It seems like they're way too self-important. It's a stupid movie. Come on. So to get into this one and, and, and start analyzing it, this movie's really divided into two distinct parts. There's a bunch of stuff going on that doesn't really matter. Like, you know, subplots of different people. So we'll characters probably, that don't matter. Yeah. I mean, I think we should kind of stray away from those. The thing, mm-hmm. the two big threads for this movie are Dennis Quaid and his son, Jake Gyllenhaal. Agreed. Jake Gyllenhaal is in New York. Dennis Quaid is in D.C. And he's trying to get there, right? That That's this movie. So I think, let's talk about Dennis Quaid a little bit. Talk about him as a scientist, as a father, etc. here. Let's, let's start breaking this down. And then we'll circle back to Jake Gyllenhaal because that's the other part of this movie. So let me just first ask you, do you believe Dennis Quaid as a paleoclimatologist? What is a paleoclimatologist? <laughs> like, what well, is that? Well, since you asked, Drew... Uh, a paleoclimatologist is a study of a previous climates that have existed during Earth's different geological ages. Paleoclimatologists try to identify the causes and of climate change and have happened in the past in order to better understand our present and future climate. I'm going to pretend that you didn't Google that right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear me stumbling over it? I was reading it verbatim and I couldn't read it from your because brain, I'm, you know? a, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Do you, does, he, does he come across to you as a paleoclimatologist? Like, you know, you see an actor sure. that's sometimes typecast and you can't yeah. see them not as one. Do you see him as one? Did he, Honestly, is he believable to you? I'm going to be completely honest with you, Drew. I'm not a Dennis Quaid fan. Not a fan. Don't like him. He's John Cusack to me. He's like John He's Cusack Jack- part two. It's like I could take or leave both of them. Yeah. It's funny you He's mentioned four, Cusack. He's four and 12. Earlier. Yeah. He's four He's, and 12. Yeah. He's four and 12. Six and 10 <laughs> on his best day. Yeah. Exactly. And this could be a six and 10 kind of performance from, from Dennis Quaid. I believed him. I thought he, I thought he played a good scientist. I thought he was <laughs> that's, believable. That's a good qualifier. I you thought know? you were going to destroy his life there. No, no, no. They could have. There was one subtle change they could have make, made to make him unbelievable, and that's to make him a drunk. <laughs> they could have made him an alcoholic and they didn't. They, they probably should have. You know, most of the time in these movies, talk about tropes, mm-hmm. the main character has some type of flaw, right? Like, yeah. isn't in, think about Independence Day, right? Mm-hmm. In, Independence Day, David, isn't he? Isn't he like, he's really weird, so they don't believe him. And he, he had a thing with the guy, like, there was a, the affair, the, the alleged affair, this, this thought yeah. that there was an affair. So there was this weird tension. Here, it really wasn't much of anything other than him just telling. No, he just seemed like a knew. guy, seems like a guy who was good at his job and maybe worked a little too much to uh, disrupt his family life a little bit. But he's not divorced. He's not Harry Tasker living a lie. You yeah. know, he's, he's none of that. I don't, I believe him. And like his, 
his conversations, like his his big uh, meeting at the UN and, and in, in India or whatever, I thought he came off really believable and reasonable, and he, where he was flat out dismissed, you know, by the experts and the vice president and all that. I thought his scenes where he was actually describing to people dumber than him what was going on was reasonable, logical, and not kooky scientific. You know what I mean? Yeah. What you, What'd you think of his presentation? He had like the the, the projector up there. Like, did oh, you it was like great. It? it was great, and it, there was like a visual aid that like dummies like me could understand like it was great like and you know a lot of those politicians they have no no clue what the guy's talking about so you need you need a visual aid you know and i thought he did a great job you know what his fatal flaw was Hmm. saying that it was going to happen 100 years from now and and (laughs) (laughs) he he really didn't he didn't know right his model like because he's you know paleoclimatologist so he's looking at previous climates he's not looking at the current, and he, I think he even says as much in the movie. He's like, I'm not, my model isn't meant to predict the weather. It's to review yeah. the old it, weather. This is what happened. This is what happened in the past, the last exactly. ice age. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I think that was his fatal flaw where he, he said, I forgot exactly what he said. He said something about it could happen in a hundred years. It could happen. Uh, I forgot a hundred years or said, a thousand right? years, but it will happen. It's going to be our grandchildren and our children's children. Right. Children's children's children that are going to suffer if we don't do something right now. And then you got the vice president talking about the economy because that's yeah, talking about the budget. Problem. He's talking about the budget. And the Let's get it balanced. The budget. Let me tell you, I wrote something down as the scene happened, and yeah. let me let me let's see if you agree with this. I wrote as he was dismissed by the vice president. Leave it to some white-haired fossil to nix environmental <laughs> issues due to budget constraints. A fossil. Like this is exactly <laughs> what happens, Drew. You know, you know what my dad called like. It's funny because my dad is is older too, but it's funny yeah. he used to call people like that Q-tips because of their yeah. hair. He's got the uh-huh. Q-tip hair, man. It's, it's he, he was a fossil. That guy himself is a fossil, and yeah. you know, paleo. What better than a paleoclimatologist to call out a fossil there, yep. right? Andrew is like, I mean, I don't want to get too political or anything. You know, obviously, you know, we try to toe the line here on the last room podcast, <laughs> but you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic here. It's 2021. We've been right. through 2020, and you know, coronavirus aid and like people, a lot of, you know, politicians are worried about making the economy boom versus saving lives. And, you know, it's True. always that it's always that fine line of, of the buck versus the saving of the of the planet, that kind of thing. And, and here in 2004, it's the same. It's the same old story. Well, I, I thought the interesting thing about that, specifically to what you said, was if you noticed the shift of the the, the, the terminology. So in this movie, they specifically had to explain. They they called it out, right? They're like, "Well, if it's called global warming, why is it going to be an ice age?" And then he had to go through the science of yeah. why it mm-hmm. would, because that was that's like yeah. the denying or the the denial thing there. Sure. And if you've noticed in the years since, right, it's shifted that the vernacular has shifted to quote climate change because yeah. people would dismiss mm-hmm. you know that based on just it's, the name. It's, it's for the better because. For people who don't want to actually understand what global warming means, they just right. see global warming and they say, "Oh, it's cold out. How's it global warming?" It's like right, you got right, right. you got to idiot proof the, the the thing. So they had well, to change what change what it, what it's called. And I thought I thought Quaid actually did a pretty good job of not necessarily making it political. Like he was just yeah. explaining the science and sure. the vice president. Look, I get his point where he's talking about like we can't spend this money, blah blah blah, but. You know, he was just explaining the science. He wasn't trying to cut him down. But I, I do you agree with his reaction to him when he kind of called him out on it? D- the way he he basically cut him down in front of the UN. Like, do you agree with the way that he did that, or you think it was? Do you think he would have been like blackballed because he kind of was? Yeah, no, I, I feel like it, he should have been met with like, you know, we'll have to we'll have to discuss this further, or 
we'll have to maybe get someone to verify your findings. At the time, it wasn't as grave as it turned out to be. True. But to be dismissed, so like wave wave your hand, like get now get the F out of here, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's totally unnecessary, but it's like, it's what like a, I don't know, a roadblock in these types of movies would do. And and probably the roadblock that would happen in real life too. Right, right. You know, when you're worried about the budget over, you know, global warming, if you will. I guess in their defense for this type of thing, it was some type of like, insane storm of the century yeah. and if it's a hundred years away is he saying literally a hundred years away it's easy for them to dismiss it not sure. to excuse this but i guess i could say like okay whatever you but know. it's the it's the same type of selfish behavior drew this all hundred years i'm not going to be alive for that who cares a lot of people think that way no it's true know. without getting into all the characters he's got a lot of scientific scientist friends did any of them stand out to you? I, none really stood to me. Like the Ian Holm subplot just seemed kind of ridiculous no. to me. Yeah. I guess it's to humanize the people and say, hey, there's another group of scientists. They're trying to band together. Honestly, I don't think it's even worth talking about, but. No. And like even like his wife, the subplot with the wife. With the hospital, right? In the hospital. And I got to be honest, Drew, like not, what, not, not no point did I feel any concern for his wife. Or the cancer I thought patient. she was going to be fine. Yeah, yeah I, I just assumed like, yeah, she'll be fine. And and I didn't remember. I saw this movie once in like 2005 or whatever, and that was it. And so I forgot if she would have lived or died or whatever while I was rewatching this movie. I I never once cared. I thought, yeah, she'll be fine. And she was. You know what's weird? Like, I want to talk about him as a father in a second, but as a husband, right? I kind of forgot as I was watching this, like, was he divorced? Was he not? Because usually in this movie, you've got a bad deadbeat dad He's he's too busy being a scientist. He doesn't care about his kid or his wife. Mm-hmm. It seemed like their marriage was fine. It didn't, like, you know, the trope of, like, the divorce or the split parents. Like, I don't know. For some reason, I thought they were divorced because I, I remembered incorrectly, I guess. Yeah. It just, it didn't make a difference I, to me. I, I don't think they were divorced. Maybe they were, but I don't think I, they were. I don't know. It didn't make a difference to me. Yeah. It, it, they didn't They didn't care enough to explain it, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Let's talk about him as a father because that's the more interesting yeah. part for this. Do you think he's a bad father? It was weird because the movie at, at first painted him as a really bad father, not knowing what's going on in his son's life. Now, I know he's got his brain wrapped up in this, you know, possible earth destroying climate change issue. But it made it seem like he had no idea his son was failing math, even though the kid's apparently a genius. He had no idea what was going on, that he was involved in the ath- uh, athletic decathlon or whatever. <laughs> and and then Hall made it seem like he didn't like he was shaking his head at dad on the phone like he made it seem like he didn't care because yeah. he seemed like he knew that dad neglected him as well so in the beginning of the movie it made him feel seem like he's a bad father but towards the middle of the end of the movie when the disaster hit all of a sudden jake hill and all trusted his dad and he respected him and he knew his dad would come through you know and all that he, he straight idolized so his i don't father. know so i don't yeah I, it was the movie was like two different dads to me like i didn't get what they were trying to do I always wondered, like, was it, did they, like, rewrite the script or something, like, halfway through? Because you're right, like, the first half of that movie painted him as this, I don't want to say a deadbeat dad, but it sort of was a deadbeat dad. He was supposed to pick him up at the airport, and he forgot, and, like, you know, the classic, oh, I forgot to pick my son up, I'm yeah. a deadbeat, that whole thing, you know? And then he was taking the cab, and he's like, fine, dad, the cab's here already. Yeah. So it didn't, it just was weird, and he was out in Antarctica drilling core samples or something yeah. <laughs> like drilling holes you know it's, it's just i don't know i i really wasn't i really wasn't getting it do, do you think he was a bad father i don't think he was no no and, you know the one sad scene where uh dylan hall's by the fireplace and the girl asks him oh what's your favorite vacation he goes oh it's just me and my dad by ourselves for 10 days 
<laughs> and that's and I thought yeah. that was pretty sad, but like that now that's a that's a hint that yeah, maybe the son does feel neglected and maybe he, he is a bad more time with him. I wouldn't say bad father, but maybe an absent like an absent father yeah in most cases and he didn't even know it it's it's and, a fair point and and you know maybe it's just the movies we choose but i feel like in all these movies why are all these fathers <laughs> bad fathers yes. <laughs> i guess it's a last row movie trope i guess i don't know is it just is it just what we're picking or, or do all movies have bad fathers in them is this is like a, su- a subconscious guilt of me like me yeah. feeling like i'm a bad father yeah. <laughs> cue, cue the soundbite of, of jim carrey and liar liar i'm a bad yeah. father you know like is can we get some love for the dads in on some of these movies please like why are they so neglected why are they so portrayed as terrible dads I guess, I guess it's it, it it is really a a movie trope per se, and most of the movies we pick are, are either these action movies or these I guess a disaster <laughs> movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> but even even in the kids' movies that we do, either the dad's a deadbeat or he does he's not around. So yeah, well, the, a kindergarten cop, right? Yeah. The dad was in jail. Like yeah. he's Terry, uh, not Terry Crisp, uh, Crisp. He yeah. was he was like all these old movies that that we did. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I feel like you know we have a villain scale. We should do like a like a bad father scale or something. Yeah. So oh like, man, <laughs> what would the categories be? Like like his job, his profession. Yeah. Like, is this, yeah, is his profession important to the world for the reason for neglecting his, his wife and his, his wife and kid? You know? Like, what's his look? Is he an alcoholic? Yeah. What's his look? Is he alcoholic? Does he cheat? Like, yeah, that's true. Infidelity. Yeah, the bad father barometer, Drew. Yeah, that, hey, hey man, trademark that. Yeah, we, we gotta need get to, on it. We need to get it there. I, I mean, swear to God, and I'm not even gonna pick a movie based on this. If the next movie we do has a bad father in it, I'm going off, Drew. Going that's off. it. I'm, I'm <laughs> done with it. You're you should be it. offended as a father yourself. I'm not I a don't father. Know. I, I don't know. I mean, you know one thing that we could talk about that, and, and this kind of plays into it, right? Because this is the next, the, next, the next phase of this movie is his journey from Washington, D.C. to Philadelphia, or not Philadelphia, to New York City, to the New York Public Library. Is this like, is this a way for him to redeem himself because he subconsciously feels like he's a bad father? Yes. He, this dude's going to straight up drive in the middle of the storm that he's telling people, don't go outside. Don't even breathe the air bad way. Stay inside. Get your long johns. Put the fire. Burn anything you can. Burn tires. You know, that's that's better. But I'm going to go drive my truck from Washington, D.C. up into the eye of the storm. What's Not that sure. about? We just had a storm here. We, li- we live in northeastern Pennsylvania or in the northeast, eastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. We just had a storm that dumped like two feet of snow on us just, right. just like five days ago. You can't drive. I don't care what four-wheel drive vehicle you have. You can't drive in two feet of snow, Drew. You just can't. I mean, this is this is like we talk about tropes, right? It's like yeah. in Dante's Peak, Pierce Brosnan driving through lava with, yeah. the, with the truck. He's got the Bronco. <laughs> the, he's driving the tires, through lava. Those tires. <laughs> the tires blow. It's the grandma pushing yeah. the boat through the acid water. Like, but we, you know? yeah, we got this crew driving in 15 feet of snow. It's, and they it's hit a snowbank, and then they realize, oh, well, I guess we can't go any further. Let's get the shoes out. <laughs> get out. We're walking. Get the snow like, gear. Listen to this. He he had like a pack, and these guys are like, I'm going with you. He's going to go by himself. Mm. They yeah. Don't they normally tell you, like, don't go hiking by yourself? Yeah. He's going to go walk from basically Philadelphia. And I got the Google Maps up, man. I have it mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Do you want to know the deets? Let yeah. me give you this. Let's go. So straight up, right now, you can walk from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to the New York Public Library, according to Google Maps, 94.3 miles. This is the optimal walking route. So I don't know if the water's frozen or something like that. You can walk 31 mm-hmm. hours. Hmm. And I don't know what pace they're including here. Now, 31 hours. Yeah, but that's not including, you know, blizzard-like 
glacial yeah. freezing conditions. But as you said, they're walking on water here because they walk past the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. So they can make a beeline. They don't have to take the Google Google Maps recommended route. Which, by the way, if you click on walk from Philadelphia to New York Public Library, there should be like a disclaimer for them asking you, what are you, freaking nuts? It's, it's, like, <laughs> like who, who makes that walk? <laughs> it says, quote, this route includes a ferry. So you got to go on the ferry. You I don't must, know if it's you must go on the ferry because, yeah, you can't walk to Manhattan. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it goes through Newark, too. Like yeah. it's, it's I'm looking at the route right now. Ninety four miles. No, and no, you saw on. the pace at which he walked. Mm. Now, obviously, Newark is not the optimal route. Yeah, you don't want to to be walking through there. (laughs) That's not the optimal route. (laughs) I mean, mean, come on. Like, he's walking with snowshoes. I don't even know how fast this guy's walking. Like, you put on a treadmill, the 0.5 on a treadmill is faster than this guy was walking. You know what I'm saying? Plus limb freezing conditions, Drew. He told people not to go outside, and he's out, and he's like, you know, grab the Arctic gear. But Drew. Like, you know, come on. You do what you have to do to save your kid. That's what I mean. I mean, that's where it ties into the father scale. The, the, the father, is he trying to redeem himself okay. to do this? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this psyche here a little bit, Drew. Because, yes, you do what you have to do to save your kid. And in his mind, he's thinking to himself, I'm going to make up for not being there for him by being there for him exactly when he needs to be, when, the li- when his life is on the line. But, Drew, what's he going to do when he gets to his kid? That's, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. He's going... To basically give him a hug. Yeah, that's why he's hi. going. He's not saving him hey, or anybody by dude, going on this death-defying trip. He's that's just why, going there to hug him. That's <laughs> what I think. It's more of a personal journey. Like I think this is him. The guilt. Like he told his son he was going to be there. He yeah. was. In fact, he was telling his son to travel down to him. I mean, I I don't understand what his plan was because even at the end of the movie, and they're like, "Hey, we just got a note from Jack Hall." He made it to New York. Okay. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> all right. What, that asshole that said that said we're all going to die? Who, Who cares? cares? Like, yeah, why does it even matter? I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, I agree. And before we get to Jake, because I want to jump to him, I want to call out one other thing that I think should absolutely be the cover art for this photo, mm-hmm. for, for our episode here. This dude is out in, and this is maybe where NASA was coming from. So let me send a memo to us. We're not supposed to talk about this. He's out there. <laughs> He's got like a Coleman tent that he just bought it from like Dick's Sporting Goods. $400 at Dick's, yeah. He said said it was the Arctic gear, but he's got this like Coleman tent. It's flapping in the wind, right? (laughs) These people are in the New York Public Library in a deep freeze. They're like freezing on on impact of the wind. And he's in there. You notice the second he's in there, he's like (laughs) sipping a little cup of coffee. He's making beans. He's got his gear off. He's reading a book. He's got his little sweater on. It's cool. He's got a turtleneck. Like that to me was so funny. Like I couldn't, I laughed out loud when I saw that part. You get in the razor thin tent and then you can just chuck off your winter coat, your hat, your gloves, sip on a little coffee and you're, you're basically hot. It was flapping yeah. a little bit. He probably like, took his socks off too. It's like he's it's, just totally. I'm, it's too hot in here. Toasty it's too hot, here, man. It's toasty. Yeah. And not to mention, like his friends. So before we talk about Jake, let's talk about his friends real quick. His friends went with him. Was it worth it? No. Jo Sanders. Totally he's not dead. worth it. One of them died. He died. <laughs> he's dead. Fell through the roof of the mall because they didn't know they were walking on the mall. Because there was so much goddamn snow on the roof. Yeah, and and I I thought you know what was going to come back to them. They had the sled. And that, I thought, had all their supplies and their gear. Mm. So they cut that thing, and it fell. Like, I got to imagine that was all of their gear, right? I mean, yeah. it wasn't just his. No, yeah, I get that. But apparently they saved the tent. So, you know, in order to in order to 
you know, get to the second half of this movie, you got Jake Gyllenhaal in the library. You mentioned he was in New York City for an academic decathlon. He's crushing on the girl from Shameless. Mm-hmm. He's got his rich friend with him. He's got the nerdy friend with him. Like, what's going on there? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, did this part interest you? Because it didn't for me at first, but then by the end of it, I was actually more yes. interested in that than Dennis Quaid walking. I, I mean, it, inter- it interested me once they got to the library. But the whole, you know, him with his friend, like, obviously they didn't spend a lot of time building up the storyline. Oh, he has a crush on her. He joined the academic decathlon because he wanted to be with the girl. And he's obviously a genius, but he's like holding back because he's trying to be cool. Jake Gyllenhaal, you know. And then you have the the opponent, rich kid, who was totally hitting on the girl, but then backed off immediately because I don't know, because he felt bad or because a different writer took over. I don't know which which one it might have been. I don't <laughs> a know. Different writer. A rewrite over. happened. I don't know. <laughs> did did they know each other? Like I wasn't sure whether they knew each other because no. it, it, he it just, seemed like they did. He was just a confident, you know, guy. He was just a confident rich guy. He's making eyes at her from across the. Hey, room. You guys need a place to stay because because my dad's totally you know. Ten million dollars suite is, is, is wide open. You can you can sleep in my bedroom with me. So would they have? Should they have stayed at his place when this when the, when it started to go down? Should they have stayed at that place? I, I guess know. they didn't have a fireplace. I don't know. No, I don't know. It depends on what floor they were on. Maybe I have no idea. <laughs> I guess of all the places that you're going to be, that library was actually a pretty good place to to hang out, yeah. right? Because they had well, the books to burn. Yeah, but they didn't know they had a fireplace at the time, did they? That's true. They yeah. didn't. But it was a good place. I mean, it was yeah, it ended up being a great place with like you can go up to the top floor, you get fireplace, boom, a sturdy building. I mean, they yeah. had a payphone that he and could th- use. And thank God the door stopped the freeze, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you. You about shut that. the shut the door. You shut the door, and then the it's, it, it, it traps the freeze it. out. I love it. <laughs> what do you think about? So there's this weird subplot going on there too. The the storm is coming. Everyone's trying to decide, you know, what they're doing, and then. I didn't mention this in the in the in the Quaid section, but there was this order given by the president. They finally listened before he trekked out, and they said, "Hey, you got to evacuate the United States south. You got to go south. Everybody mm-hmm. north of this line that he drew on the board." Mm-hmm. So they're in the library, and they find this out. And when this happens, there's like this police officer in there that is trying to make the case. All right, everybody, they're telling us to go. Would you go, or would you have stayed? I'm curious no. what. what side of the camp you'd have been on this is a very tough question for me to, for me drew now on one hand you have a police officer who knows dick all about the storm right <laughs> it's one way to put it for you sure know. and I'll, I'll respect a police officer up to a certain point but i also know in the back of my head that a police officer is no more or less smart than i am just because he's an authority figure doesn't mean that he's an authority on all things on right science too right he's not an authority on science he can shoot a gun better than I do. He knows the law better than I do, <laughs> but he doesn't know science better than I do. Right. He knows. And if I know nothing about science, he, he knows next to nothing as well. And then you have this high school kid who's shouting that my dad says we need to stay, <laughs> which I would make the J.O. motion to if someone told me that. Your dad says to stay. Who's your dad? So would you Who go cares? because his dad said to say? <laughs> I might go in spite, just to spite the kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it would have cost me my life. Man, this freaking guy's dad said to stay. I'm getting the hell out now, of here. I don't know that his dad is like the, the head paleo cyan climatologist, whatever the hell the thing is. I don't know that. I didn't, I didn't watch the, the news report, you know. But if it's some kid saying my dad says, I'm not going to believe that kid either. Yeah. Man, you're, you're, you're stuck in the middle I'm here. I'm stuck. I'm going to stay. No, Drew, I'm going to stay because... 
I'm just going to take a look outside and go, I ain't going out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It starts to snow here. I'm, yeah. I'm hunkering down. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I, I haven't left my house in 10 days to start snowing. But that, but that, <laughs> that's the thing, man. You know, this whole, the whole premise of this movie, I get that it was a superstorm, but it's an event. It's yeah. not, it's not eternity, right? Yeah, so it's right, going right. to end. It will pass. It's going to pass. Yeah. So you know what? Hunker down. Yeah. Just batten the hatches, man. Get in there, lock <laughs> yeah. the doors, stop yep. the freeze. Stop the freeze. Like, that's what I would do. I, I do the same. Yep. That's what I'm doing here. The second it snows, I'll lock the door, man. So I'm here. Are you on camp stay also, despite my dad says? Oh, absolutely. I'm on camp stay <laughs> because, you know, it's a library. Like they had the vending machine. Yeah. I could live on Skittles for eight days. You could I mean, read. You could read books. Something. You could read books. You know, I know it's uncomfortable. And they yeah. found they found the, the, the fireplace by that yeah. point. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. It's uncomfortable. You know what else is pretty freaking uncomfortable, Drew? Is walking in 15 feet of snow. Yeah, they had the, the hobo <laughs> trash can fire going. Yeah. And then, like, the cop, he knew he was wrong, right? He yeah. tried to wake them up. He's like, wake up, wake up. Yeah. And they're, they're like, Two dead. down, two down. They're dead, yeah. man. I mean, I like to imagine, I mean, I don't like to imagine it, but I, I think that they all probably died, right? Joe, didn't they Drew, have the shot of the cop? Yeah, your bloodlust in moviebodycount.com <laughs> fans suggest that you you love to see that they died. Which I, I try to look up. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything worth talking about in this plot? Because Jake Gyllenhaal's there. He's waiting no. for his dad. That's basically yeah. it. Yeah, and he and idolizes funny. his father. Like, that's and about that's it. not even an ending to the movie. Like, who cares? Like, again, like you said, who cares that he showed up? Like, the movie's cool. I like the movie. The effects were good. The storms were good. It's well done. But like there's there's they really went out of the way. There's no story. They went out of their way to do subplots. You know what subplots they did, Drew? The girl cut her leg trying to save somebody yeah. of a taxi cab. She cabinet. got sepsis. And she got sepsis. That didn't have to happen, Drew. That just complicates <laughs> things. That's that's just a reason to kill two minutes later on in the movie. We gotta yeah. go get penicillin, so we gotta go to the boat. You go to the boat, Drew. The wolves escape from the zoo and the wolves they, are after Jake Gyllenhaal and his friends. That's another that's back. another two minute problem we have to solve. They needed the callback. Yeah. And then the rich guy got his leg bit, but it didn't really yeah. matter, did it? It didn't matter. No, they never went back to it. it I thought matter. he'd have got sepsis. Yeah. Like, that would have been... But they had the, penis, they had the penicillin too. now. They have the penicillin. <laughs> They're administering that shot. And then the 30-second debate with the librarians about what burn books to burn. You can't burn books. It's like, these are the, the obstacles that we have to hop over to make this movie a movie and not just disaster porn, you know? And it wasn't even disaster porn because we didn't see dead bodies. That's what I mean. Listen, I'm not Fahrenheit 451 over here, but I'm burning those books. <laughs> yeah. You need some heat. There's something in there. The guy had the tax law. I mean, there's books yeah. in there that can be burned easily. Yeah. There's so many books in there. There's probably 100,000 books or more. I don't know. How, I don't know. How many books Could you have survived on the food from the vending machine? I yes. mean, they had like Fritos in there. That's could, like that guy. You, that got you. True. You're Seven good. to 10 days. Drew, I sometimes go a week with eating nothing but chips. That's, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and cookies. Bill of I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bachelor. I don't have a wife, you know, cooking for me. I don't cook for myself. Sometimes it's, I eat a bag of chips for lunch. Yeah, I'll say just that whole situation, like they were they were hunkered down in that room with the with the fireplace. Call me crazy. It's a little cozy. Not bad. It's a little cozy. Not bad. Not bad accommodations for what they now, were dealing with. I did. Uh, there is one inaccuracy scientifically that I want to go over real quick before we, okay. before we hop over. When Gyllenhaal went down to the bottom floor to call his dad to find out what's going on, which I thought was a great way to advance the plot. With to the get pay phone, right? To get, yeah, with the payphone. It was smart. It showed that Gyllenhaal's smart and like it, it advanced storylines, right? Then he got like almost hypothermia because his clothes were wet. 
and then he went to change his clothes and the girl hugged him and she said, yeah. I got to get you. I got to, we got to get our body heat right now. Drew, that doesn't work unless she takes her clothes off too. Drew. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. It was, it was scientifically inaccurate. Sci- yeah. She got to take her clothes off, man. That's how it works. But this, this movie was what? PG? PG-13? <laughs> it was PG-13. They can't, they can't do that. That's, that's yeah. not. They and, didn't and even that, make the boner joke, Drew. They're they high school even, students too. So they, that's. <laughs> they didn't even make the boner joke. They couldn't make the boner a, joke. It's PG-13. Yeah. They, they can't go there. It's, yeah. it's a high school, a yeah. high school students, I or, guess is, or, is why. Or was he too cold? He was, he too, was cold. Too, too, cold. too cold. It's too cold. too <laughs> cold. Moving on, Drew. Moving on. <laughs> so for lack of this movie actually having a villain, and, and we talk about the disaster movie tropes. Usually there's mm-hmm. somebody actively trying to either sabotage the scientist or mm-hmm. more of a villainous vice president there where the pre- vice president is like actively like think about in Independence Day, right? The guy, the, the Department of Defense, the Secretary oh, yeah. of Defense. Yes. Nuke him. We got to nuke him. Yep. Sure. There was there was no guy saying to nuke the storm. Right. No, no it was just the guy just, guy's just worried about saving pennies on the budget. So That's all. for the lack of really having a movie villain. Just the vice president was the closest to it, mm-hmm. but I think we got to do something here. Yeah, we got to try it. I think we need to take the the storm through the villain scale. Oh, that, that's, <laughs> I don't know that it's going to work. No, we, we have, have to, to test it. We have to. Now this could break the scale. I don't yeah. know, but we got to try it. We got to try. I mean, it. I think it I'll is the villain you, of the movie. It's the villain. It, it is the villain. It's it's the big yeah. bad, right? You could call this movie. I think we made this made this joke before, but. It, it wasn't a, it's not a disaster movie. It's an event movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's an event. It happens. And then it's over. <laughs> it's an event. That's what it over. is. Yeah. This was, I think if you listen to the scientists, they said it was like seven to 10 days. It was like going to be a full flash freeze, the polar vortex. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of events here. We could go through the, the categories and then we could kind of talk about them. Unless you want me to rattle off the events. I, I don't know what makes sense, but I think we need to put this thing through the scale. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Let's just rattle through that. So what, what exactly was happening? Like what, what, are, what are the, um, I don't know, the, the forms of the storm, if you will. I wrote down I wrote down a bunch of the different things that happened. You got the basketball sized hail that was like taking guys out. Which was including awesome, the, by the, way. the businessman guy that just got knocked in, like on the head. All right, before we move on from that, I just yeah. have a quick question. The guy yes. that, that got brained by the hail. So he was like <laughs> got brained. his back was like against the wall in a building, and it looked like he was like gonna go for it. Like what exactly was he gonna go for? Is he gonna, did like, he what have he, a briefcase? Why did he put it over his head? Yeah, like how, like similar to like the guy in the toilet when there's a gunfight going on in the yeah. public bathroom. It's like, yeah. how do you best defend yourself against that kind of hail? Wouldn't you, you just can't. duck and cover and survive? You got to ride like, it out, man. He made a run for it to nowhere and he was died trying to get because into, like, of it. A newspaper stand. It made no sense. <laughs> I don't know. Made no sense. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm dumb. But. And then you got mm-hmm. snow in India, which was a very rare occurrence if it's mm-hmm. ever even happened in the in the part of India that they were in. There was the crazy tornadoes, like the F5 scale-breaking tornadoes in Los Angeles. Great scene. The tsunami, I think it was somewhere in Australia. Yep. Then you had the polar vortex and the flash freezing. I mean, there was a bunch of other stuff probably in here mm-hmm. that I'm missing, but those are the ones that- That's the that one they named noticed. specifically, yeah. This thing had many tentacles, if you will. <laughs> and as we go through it, I think it's it's going to become apparent what, what those mm-hmm. actually are. Um, but, you know, I guess look and style- so yeah. this thing doesn't obviously have a ponytail or any accessories, but Says what you. do you think of the look of this storm? And maybe look at like from all angles. Is a tornado not just one big ponytail? That's that's true. It's a five. <laughs> it's a five. That's true. It's a five. <laughs> no, I mean, besides that, um, look, for 17-year-old CG, looked pretty damn good, Drew. I mean, just the storm itself, right? Yeah. The, the computer shot mm-hmm. of the three 
like I think he said what eight days later it's going to be even bigger, mm-hmm. and then it was like three giant hurricanes, yeah. and they merged into a giant super yeah, hurricane, super hurricane. And the whole Earth was like the, engulfed. The Pangea of hurricanes, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's easily a five. It's five. For me. I'm going five. I don't know that this storm actually had a hiatus or a layer, but it was kind of lurking for hundreds of. It was of lurking, years, I guess, in the Earth's atmosphere, un- undetected. But what? But was it lurking, or did humans create it? Like I don't really understand how this would even work. But mm. it it was kind of lurking. It came out of nowhere too, so it busted out of the hideout. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you True. how you rate that one. Wherever it was, it had the best hideout because it couldn't be stopped. It couldn't, it be, couldn't be prevented be. beforehand. It, it was un- be it was it was unforeseen. So that's easily a five. You can't <laughs> infiltrate its hideout. <laughs> so, it's easily a five. It's a five. <laughs> this is is absolutely breaking the scale. Yeah. And then the plan, right? So what is the storm's plan for domination? Just freeze everything? Its plan is to just exist, Drew. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? You just said it in the last one. Like, and this ties into the to the plot. They had all these scientists like trying to solve the storm with models. Like it's an event. It's not going to you can't solve it. Yeah. Like it's it's going to happen and then it's going to be over. They're spending all of their time figuring out how it's happening, but it doesn't matter when it happens and it's destroying everything. It it's doesn't done. it really doesn't matter. So you're really just you're really just I don't know masturbating your 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 brain, so exactly. to speak, you know? It doesn't. They, it, it does. It, it accomplishes nothing. There's nothing they could do to stop this thing. It was. Yeah. It was unstoppable, and mm-hmm. it even changed. I think they they said after the fact it changed the magnetic shift of the yep. Earth after the fact. So like the northern hemisphere yeah. was just going to be Drew, so cold. If it's if it's unstoppable, Drew, then I, it's got to be a five. Then it's it's a five easily. Got to be a five. And then here's the here's the the category that I think it it, it absolutely gets a five. Mm-hmm. How's the henchman, man? Like. I, I'm telling you, those tornadoes are sub bosses. Like I look at all the events as like <laughs> like a sub boss. They absolutely are. Like they're unstoppable sub bosses. Those hail you can't beat a tornado. Those basketball sized hail. That's a definite like level one boss for that's sure. Because I mean. because you know you get the hail. Like yeah. it's not it's not gonna kill everybody. Yeah. It's if you're running around, it'll, yep. it'll get you. It's an effective, I yeah. think, level one boss. Yep. But then you up the game, right? You yep. up the game to like tornadoes. That's taking out houses. It's taking out buildings. Yeah. yeah. Once once you learn the pattern, it's easy to avoid it or defeat it. Yeah. And, 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 you know. If you think of the, the Mortal Kombat scale, right? Like the tsunamis and the tornadoes are absolutely the Goros, the Mataros, the, the Kintaros. Mm-hmm. Like it's absolutely. Yep. And then you bust out Shao Kahn with the portal vortex. Yeah. Now, when it was just snowing, right? And it piled up to 15 feet. That's like the final boss, right? Yeah. But then it's like energy drained. But then it's second form was the flash freezing, where if you step outside, you die. It's like the second life bar. I'm starting to bar. think about, you know, you and I have been playing the new Streets of Rage game. And that mm-hmm. last level is 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 a total, a total difficult piece of like, I don't even know what to call it, man. You got the second boss and yeah. then it's just the second, over and over. The second bar is. of energy you got to deplete. And in this case, the only thing that can defeat it is time. So... I don't know, man. When your sub boss is a tornado, it's got to be a five. You got to get. <laughs> this is like you realize this is twenty all around here. It's like it's not even. It's it's done. Like I mean, we're gonna we're gonna give it a twenty, but we might have to disqualify. I mean, we'll have to I, we'll have to go back and the judges will have to we'll have to look at the tape. Yeah, we'll have to look at the tape. This might it might things. be unfair. It might be it might be a, a cheat. I don't know that we're allowed to to rate these anymore, but we, we got to try it. Yeah. We got to try it. So no, I mean. 
It's a fun exercise. We had to be done, and we got to do it. The villain's a villain. So for this movie overall, I mean, I don't know. We called it an event film just a couple minutes ago. It's an event. It happens. He gets to New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's done. Yeah. Like, that's it's, a, it. It, it's a lot like this movie in general. It's like, it's a movie that happened, and then it's over, and, that's, and then it's over. <laughs> then, you like, move uh, <laughs> and then you move on. Then you move on. Because I want to know what happens after the movie. Like, is the yeah. top of the half of the U.S. uninhabitable, like they said? Like, what? You know, and, and we joked about it before, but... What the hell was his plan, really? Like, he got there to say hi to his kid. So yeah. he might as well just shook mm-hmm. his hand and then they're going to go back. Yeah. The helicopters and were coming yeah. anyway. He basically, I guess his only use was to, like, tell everyone in that room, hey, guys, it's a, it's okay to go outside now. We're good. We're good. <laughs> the, free, the freeze is over. It's still really cold, though. Do you guys Do have you jackets? Think the phone call to New York when it was like, hey, you know, Jack Hall made it to New York. He made it there. Like, there's there's survivors. Don't you think that they would have flown helicopters and planes up there regardless? Like, the vice mm-hmm. president, one thing that we didn't even mention, the president died on the oh, way yeah. down. But that's how stupid this movie was sometimes. Like, it didn't even matter that the president died. Yeah. Like, the climate <laughs> he died, denier He died off screen. He died he off did. screen. <laughs> it's an off-screen death. I don't know how you count that. I guess yeah. moviebodycounts.com. But In what movie does the president die off screen? It's... Yeah, it was really that's that's what you called a whimper, man. Yeah. That's like he went out with a whimper. Yeah, he, he, I don't know. I just I thought that part was kind of weak, but he did negotiate this sweet trade deal with the with the Mexico mm. government of allowing the people to yep. migrate in because Love he forgave it. the debt. Great that's, deal. It's a great talk deal. Talk about the economy and the economics there. That's mm. that was kind of what a, a subtle point. What a politician, but, man. What a what a what a deal. What happens after this movie? Like I I don't know what happens. Is it just it ends? Yeah, I feel like you can't live in the top half of North America for at least a couple of years, right? Or maybe a I've, year. I don't know. Maybe it's forever. Who knows? Yeah. Well, Who I mean, knows? you could you could live. I mean, I guess, you know, you build yourself a fire. You know, it's not going to get any colder. Or maybe it will. So having said all that, right, an event film, it happened. <laughs> Our ratings. What do you think? Drew, it's an eight and eight movie. I like See, I liked it. <laughs> it's five out of ten. <laughs> I liked it, man. But it's, it's a good five out of ten. You know, they show it's a promise. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here kind of making fun of it, but yeah, no, I was entertained. Yeah, it's just, it's, the movie is just, there's nothing going on, like, aside from the cool special effects. Really, there was no great acting, there was no great story. It's just a movie that happened, disaster movie, you enjoy it, and then you forget about it five minutes after it's over. Which is okay. Not every, not every movie has to, has to be a thinker, you know? I think sometimes they call these things, what do they call them, like, uh benchmark films or, or or like a demonstration film it's like a it's like a demo for cg that's yeah basically like, look what, at it what was. we can do and like i mean if that's the case then yeah it looked great and like 17 years later i mean not bad i, I was expecting it, horrible cg and it was not bad at all if if i had to give it a rating i'd probably i'd probably give it eight and eight too like yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like eight and eight I, I would i would give it probably you know six out of ten if i had to put it on a 10 point scale yeah, that's fair. i thought it was good it's fair that's fair it was enjoyable yeah. so I don't know. I probably won't watch it again anytime soon, but I definitely enjoyed what I saw and I wasn't bored, Mm -hmm. put it that way. Yeah. So that'll do it for us this week. We got a couple more emails this week. So thank you guys for for sending it in. We're trying to write back to everybody. The last row podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us some some feedback, if you want to send us some of the movies you want us to watch, send us a hello. (laughs) Come (laughs) shake our hand virtually. Come come walk from Philadelphia to New York City (laughs) to come see us. (laughs) <laughs> through the email um if you're looking for our website the last row podcast.com facebook.com slash the last row pod instagram at the last row pod twitter etc wherever you're looking um send us an email give us a five-star review on itunes thank you so much for everyone that that rated us on apple Podcasts. excuse me and uh we'll be back 
in two weeks on February 25th with a new movie for you guys. And on that note, see you guys then. See you. See you. So, that way, Long John's. Are you supposed to wear underwear underneath the Long John's? <laughs> or, or yeah, I mean... I wore, I wore long johns once in my life, and it was during the Eagles Super Bowl parade that we went to. Are they the underwear? And I wore underwear underneath them. Maybe I was doing it wrong. I'm, are I'm, they the underwear, or do they go over the underwear? I think you're. I, I think it's like user's choice. <laughs> you know, maybe you know, if you want it flapping in the wind like that, like it's, like it's technically underwear. Like you get like a skin mark on it, just like you would on a regular pair. Of it's like boxer briefs, <laughs> but just with really long legs. It's like no, it, yeah, that's my yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I feel like maybe maybe the, the size I got was too small, but I felt like my butt crack was showing if I bent over, you know. So it's like the regular underwear fit more <laughs> because I feel like it doesn't go up to your waist.